0: All right, well, welcome back to the Re-Education Experience Podcast. I'm so honored to be back because it's been a little bit since I've brought on a guest. Recently, I've been doing a lot of solo episodes, little 7 to 10 minute clips, just so I can give information to realtors just to take and run with and implement in their day. But I missed the guest selection process and going through that and bring on another voice. So uh, it's been uh, I think 40 some episodes now and I'm going back to this to talk about new tips and tricks from the video creation world which you're either listening to this on audio or you're watching it on YouTube and you're probably thinking how do I interject this into my real estate business more and more. So today's guest is Virginia Kerr. You can find her on Instagram at this is Virginia Kerr, and I think that's a lovely handle, by the way, and uh, I have been following her for well over a year. I've been trying to implement her tips as best as I can into my own business, uh, and I've actually try- tried to reach out a few times to make this happen, but she, as you, once you follow her, it's once you follow her, not if, it's once you, you will see that she's putting out incredible stuff that's incredibly actionable And that for us as real estate, I think is important. So uh, Virginia, she came from the world of being in front of the camera, which is maybe given a little bit of a leg up, but from traditional media and then transitioned over to this whole new world of media, which we're all a part of. And we're trying to build our little entrepreneur real estate businesses and trying to figure out how to incorporate it. So Virginia, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I have to tell you the transition from traditional media to social media, not so smooth. It's so, <laughs> I learned from a lot of mistakes.
0: I was, I was going to, you know, I've gone deep on some of these introductions, but I said, you know what, I could have pieced together something, but I, I wanted to ask you as the first question is like, as you come onto the show, what did I miss? And could you give us a little bit of that background to transition moments to now where you are as, you know, seen on as a bit of a, your, your handle is video marketing strategy coach. Can you give us a little background in like how you got here?
1: Well, I started in television news as a news reporter and an anchor. And then when I had my son, I was like, this schedule, I was on the morning show, I can't do it anymore. So I asked to be transferred, which to many of the well, all of them in in the newsroom, they thought this was a demotion. I thought it was a life-saving promotion because I asked to be taken out of the news department and put on a show that was a midday show, did not have a huge audience, but it was a money maker for the station because business owners would pay to be on the show, but the catch was, we still wanted it to be entertaining and we didn't want it to look like, we had a bunch of business owners who paid to be on the show. We didn't want it to look like an infomercial. That four years of my life is where I learned all of this. I mean, I learned a lot of the on-camera stuff and how to tell a story when I was a journalist, but this was where I was hosting, producing, and pulling stories out of people so I could produce their segments, so I could make them entertaining and get the audience to like the business owner, to get to know them before we got into what they sold, because a lot of these these business owners were reoccurring clients, so we could have series with them. So that's where I learned a lot of this. But still, it was traditional media. I didn't get into posting video online until really 2019 is when I got on Instagram. Yes, I had posted Facebook videos, but it wasn't the same. And it wasn't until I got on Instagram in 2019 that I started testing what was working, what wasn't working and then TikTok and YouTube.
0: And was this with the intention to do what you're doing now from a video strategy creation or was this just for fun or you're just trying to find what's this new world post-traditional media?
1: It was for fun and it was therapeutic. I had also had a, a network marketing business that was very large and I I just was a workaholic. I mean, when I was in television, I was a workaholic. Then I owned my own show in St. Louis that was separate from the station. Plus, I had this huge team. And I was miserable because I realized I didn't even know who I was because I was just working myself into the ground. And I practically had a nervous breakdown. So I know that was not the answer you were expecting, but that's where all this came from. I stopped everything and started playing on TikTok and playing with characters and things I did when I was younger and in theater just for fun. And I kept telling myself, no one I know is on TikTok. So just do whatever you want. And I did. And then I, but at the same time, I was giving tips on Instagram. I was trying to figure out how to grow a business from nothing, even though I didn't have a business. I didn't. I I really was just sharing what I did know from television and then playing on TikTok. And then I started the coaching business and I gradually merged what I learned on TikTok over onto reels.
0: Fair enough. So some people would hear the background and instantly think, hey, Virginia's got a leg up because she was been on video. Right. And so many of us in real estate were like, well, I'm just not good on video. But you don't they forget that they're in person in front of clients all the time, but they have a hard time translating it to video. What do you say to that world to say, yeah, okay, I've had a bit of that. I've been coached on that. But how does somebody get out of their own head and into video, which seems so scary. Like, what's the first thing you go down with that rabbit hole? And I'm sure you've heard this before.
1: Well, I've never shared this part before. So the leg up that I have is that I, am, I can be very concise. I can find a story anywhere. That's what we had to do in news. Anyone can be taught that. Mm-hmm. I did not know that when I was born. I learned that from experience. What I have tried to unlearn from my experience is looking like a news anchor because being too polished and too perfect on social media is not good. People want real. They wanna feel like they know you. They don't wanna feel like you are leaving out your personality and becoming someone that you're not. And so, yes, it's scary for all of us. I was scared when I first got on Instagram. So to answer that question, I started in Instagram stories because I was so terrified of getting on video and messing up and and looking stupid. But in stories, they go away after 24 hours. Nobody expects them to be polished in Instagram stories. And so that's where I started. I just told myself the first time, all you have to do is talk for 15 seconds and you're allowed to talk about anything you want. So it's, it's always about the path of least resistance. What can you do right now? And don't put all these expectations and rules on yourself. The goal is just to get your face on camera. So that's where I started.
0: Gotcha. I mean, that makes sense. And and uh, I know I coach agents in the real estate world, but not on video creation. And and it's just that baby step, right? That most people just are so nervous to do. And you're right. The stories are gone in 24 hours. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's all you need to know. Um, amazing. So to create something and put it out to the world there's a there's a like we're we're all trying to do that inside of our niches right so we have this built-in knowledge but again if if I'm not scared to get in front of the camera if that's not my one problem but it's like how do I translate what I know to the world and this big scary world of video comes in again do you have any tips on how people can just like get out of their own heads about that block before they put their creation to the world, because they think it's got to be a masterpiece or something. So,
1: When you shift your focus off of you and put it on the person you're trying to attract and connect with, things get easier. And that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they forget that person. So they just start looking at what everybody else is doing and comparing themselves. And then they get in their own head and in their own way. But if we know that we are here to build a community of a certain type of person who wants a certain type of thing and wants to avoid certain types of things, and you have the knowledge to help them with that, now we are starting to form a content plan. And when you have a content plan and you know how to plan videos before you get on camera, even if it is off the cuff, you still have to, I always, if it's stories, if it's live, it's a, if it's a real, I always think about the first sentence that's going to come out of my mouth because- It's going to help me focus on the person watching and not on myself, which means they're more likely to watch and pay attention. And so when you condition your brain and train your brain to think like that, everything else gets easier. It doesn't mean you're going to get on and you're going to look exactly how you wanted or sound exactly how you wanted. That takes practice. But when you know who you're talking to, what you should be talking about, and you know how to plan ahead of time, so much of the work is already done for you.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm going to unpack a bit of that as we go through today's journey, but that for the other person, right. And I, I've heard people say that, and I catch myself sometimes because in social media, it seems to be so much about us and the, uh, the perfect moments that we share rather than the content that is for somebody else. Um, I love that, right. I think people can just shift that. And you do, when you, when you start to, like you said, have that as the default uh, thought process, you can easily start to pick out others who aren't doing that, right? You're like, oh, that's just another me post. That's another me post versus a a for somebody, right? For an audience post. Um, I mean, so much changes on this platform, Virginia, like it's steady, it's overwhelming. And there's these memes going around about how fast Adam Bazzari keeps changing things on us. But what, and, and people will use that as a way to stop and say, you know what, I don't know enough because things keep changing, but What is staying consistent that we just as creators and video creators just need to land on as like the true framework to building out a proper video or a video creation strategy that is irrelevant from all of these cool things that keep changing on us?
1: What's here to stay is video. What's here to stay is the human connection. And video is the fastest way to connect with someone because they see our face, they hear our voice when you're not just doing trends, they see our body language. And we all crave connection these days. We need to focus on the person we're here for. And yes, we need traffic so that we are able to find new people, but we don't have to have large accounts to make money. When you're not strategic and you're slapping up random videos or trying to do what other people are doing, you will not make money. My reach, since all the algorithm changes happened on Instagram, has gone down dramatically but I upped my game as far as my strategy and my conversions and my sales have actually increased despite the fact that I'm reaching fewer people. Everybody can have that. Now, we always want to be growing, not because we want to go viral or because we need large accounts, but we need to be growing because, well, if we convert people, now we have, we have to find new people to convert. And the problem that you solve is always going to be there. There's always going to be someone who has that problem that you can help them with. So we don't have to go and start new businesses or get into another niche. We just have to stay true to what we're here for and who we're here for.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's great advice. It's like if you have great things to say and to educate with value, no matter the changes, you'll find a way to get it out there, whether the reach changes or a little bit gets tweaked on you the message will ring ran, through and, and don't use that as a reason not to go out and create. Right.
1: Yes. And you, you can increase your reach. You may have to do different things versus all you were doing are reels. Well, now we need to start talking about collaborations. How can you start going live with people? How can you start doing collaborations in a video together? How can you take advantage of their audience or get exposure to their audience? That's going to help you with that, that reach.
0: You have a, um, That's a great point. I I might bring back the collab thing in a little bit. Even that's a little bit beyond some people, it seems, when they just want to get some foundation going. But maybe it's the easiest way in because then you can hold the screen like you and I are doing now with two people rather than one person the whole time.
1: I tell people all the time, if you're scared of video, especially if you're scared of live video, go live with someone else because you quickly forget the audience when you're just having a conversation, now they are going to see the real you. They're going to see your real hand gestures and facial expressions. And you're going to look like a human and not a robot trying to look like you're not trying too hard on camera. So, and and the pressure is taken off of you because you're not just staring at a black hole. You're actually talking to someone.
0: Makes sense. What, is there a standard video framework you like to utilize? Like meaning like beginning, middle, end? Is there like a little like, I mean, you've heard the whole hook story offer thing, but what, how do you like to kind of coach people through that?
1: You always want to be thinking of the first sentence and how you're going to get that person's attention. More times than not, I'm going to put the word you or your or both in the first sentence to grab their attention and know that I'm talking specifically to them and connect with them. But you can still talk about yourself and get their attention. If you use the right keywords and you phrase it the right way in the beginning. But storytelling is a little bit more advanced for someone who's just getting on video for the first time. So the skeleton that I always use is, yes, you've got to have a hook that grabs their attention, tells them what they're going to get if they were to watch the video, or creates enough curiosity that makes them want to watch longer. Then you get into your bullet points, and then you either wrap it up with a call to action or you're just leaving them with something thought-provoking, and then that's it. On a short form video, you don't wanna to go too long because the chances of someone watching until the end are pretty slim unless you know how to tell a good story. And if the watch time is low, then the algorithm's not gonna send it out to more people. And, and people, a lot of times I'll hear that they think that the algorithm is, is favoring larger accounts and that they're not putting out the videos of smaller accounts. And that's not true. It's just that a lot of times when I go back and look at their videos, they don't do any of that. It's look at me content. It's random content that makes no sense. Like why is it even on your account? And there was no value in it for the person watching, or they were confused before it got to the good stuff. So they stopped watching and enough people stopped watching that the algorithm didn't see it as good content. So it stopped showing it to people. There are a lot of small accounts that are getting a lot of exposure, it's just a matter of, are you looking at your content and asking two questions? Are you asking, if my ideal person was watching this, A, would they even know what I'm talking about in the first sentence? And B, would they care? Right.
0: Would you find that if you nail the hook, if you nail that, that does that build a little bit of grace into your audience to, you know you know, so beyond the first seven seconds and the hook or the five seconds, where they'll actually listen to you for another 15 So let you to start to unpack the message. Cause there's a lot of pressure on us for short form creators to say, bang, bang, bang. But I'm yeah. just wondering if you nail the hook, does it give you a little window to say, or is it just, you gotta be on point, on point.
1: The hook is the most important thing is if you don't get their attention in the beginning they're not watching the rest. Yeah. And yes, if you, if it's a really good hook they're gonna give you a little bit longer to deliver on it. But if you take too long Or if you're too vague and confusing, then they will swipe. That's why it's really important that you don't want to give it all away to them at the beginning and then make them think there's nothing left. But you also want to make sure that, and I was making this mistake just yesterday when I was creating a reel. I was breaking one of my rules, which is don't put too many ideas in one video. Keep it to one idea. So I took out like three sentences because I'm like, that's another reel. I'm getting into something else now. I just need to stay on this point and deliver on that point. We see a lot of videos where they'll give you five tips, and that's fine. But just know that that video that you gave five tips in, that's also a launching point for you to go create a series that has five videos in it. So now you can go deeper into each one of those tips.
0: You know, I, I'm glad you say that because I've been focusing so much personally on short form for a while that now, because I'm going back to get the podcast rolling a bit more and to, and to increase my long form content. I know that each 40 second or 30 second short form message could be 15 minutes. And I'm wondering if I'm, if I'm, if again, putting too much into that, where if I could actually create a 15 minute video out of it, maybe I'm going way too much in one video. Is that kind of, would, when I say that, do you kind of cringe?
1: Well, long form content is good content. I mean, that's, that's something that people neglect to, to see as they think everything has to be 15 seconds or less. But I get more conversions because of my YouTube video and my podcast. So what's great about long-form content is now you can look at the long-form and you can say, oh my gosh, there's 25 reels in here. Not that you're going to go and take the exact clip from your podcast and turn it into a reel because that doesn't usually make for good content unless you know how to film it right or shoot it right. But when you know how to do long-form content, now you can just pick out the tips or the, the small little snackable tips and go create reels out of that. And then you can use that to go and promote your long form. So it goes either way. Sometimes we, we get two wind. What I'd say in my, my program is think of your reel as a skeleton and the bones are the hook, the three main points, the call to action, give or take. If you want long form content, you just take the bones and you add meat to them. So now you've got The same topic, but you've got more examples. You've got more stories. You're able to flesh it out a little bit more and you can do that in reverse as well.
0: Plus they're on a, they're on a platform when we talk about YouTube where they're expected to be, they want to be listening for a while. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I know you've done some coaching with realtors and I've seen some of your, your testimonials are from the real estate industry. I mean, Are you, is there a general trend, what you're noticing about us and like what we're doing wrong out there from what you can think of um, that you think we could all take and translate to the, to the world?
1: There's a few things. I just had a realtor message me yesterday, very frustrated because she, these are her words. She sees all these younger, beautiful realtors getting all these views and followers, and she can't figure out why they're getting all this. And she's not, and she's gorgeous. It has nothing to do with that. And so I said, well, send me some of these accounts. I want to look at them. And they were doing all trends and it was all relatable content for realtors, as in the realtor lifestyle. And so I said to the woman who messaged me, they're attracting other realtors. It doesn't matter if they have all these views and all these followers, if they're not converting them into sales. And I guarantee you they're not making as much money as you may think because nothing in this content does anything for the homeowner none of it or another trend if you will is that all they do is not these two accounts but in general is they just show homes that they're listing that's all they do is show the homes that they're listing again that's one content category but if you really want to make a connection and be remembered you, you can't be selling all the time. You've got to actually educate and connect with them as well.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I've noticed too, and, and to piggyback, so if an agent gets into a rhythm about proper um, agent to consumer messaging where there's value that's coming out, right? The, the home buy-in process, the seller objections, the problems they solve, and if they could find a way to get that going. I've noticed some great creators now that are maybe Instagram focused And then you'll see about six months from then, they'll start to repost the similar stuff and be unapologetic about it, right? So I can think of us as real estate. There's only so many ways for us to say the same darn thing, because the home buying process is the home buying process. And if should we feel bad that we go back to the same topics, but maybe put a new spin on it, like people think that they always have to create, again, the the Mona Lisa on every content. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: It's marketing, marketing is repetitive. Like I said, the problem will always be there we're just solving it for different people. So of course you're going to start repeating topics, but what makes it magical and not so obvious is when you start to incorporate storytelling into your tips. If I was a realtor, I would have a system where I am getting video of the interior of places so that when I do my educational content, I will actually be using the home that I'm listing, not that I have to say that, or I could put it in the caption underneath the video, but I'm always in a new place because you have access to so many visuals that way. But even better is when, and the person doesn't even have to be in the video. You could get in your car after you just spent time with a client and say, I just had a question from someone who is trying to decide if this is the home for them. And here's what I told them, or here's why I told them I did not think this was the house for them. So now you're setting up tension because the person's like, ooh, why was the house not for them? So it's storytelling, which positions you as an authority, but now you're actually taking them from a conflict to your answer to the resolution, which is way more entertaining than you just spitting out tips. So if you can get your head to think that way, and you can, then you can start telling stories, whether the person is present or not. Because if, if I was a realtor, I would also start on a daily basis looking for video, whether I was using it that day or not, so that I could tell that story when it was done. Or I could have a video of the person that I was talking about, even if they didn't talk on camera. I can get video of the two of us hanging out. Like I have a tripod right here by my my desktop. So that when I'm on a podcast like this or when I'm doing a one-on-one coaching or when I'm doing a training, I can put my phone up here and I can just let it roll and nobody has to look at the camera. But that is beautiful video for me to use either in a story or in an upcoming reel as either video while I talk over it, or I can even use the audio from it and let them hear me giving an answer to someone. Realtors can do that. When you're, right. when you're taking people through the house and they're asking you questions, even if they don't give you permission to use it, at least you remembered that question so you can go create a reel on it and say, I was just with someone who had this very question today and I know you have it too. Again, sets you up as an authority, brings us as the ideal viewer in wanting to know what the answer is.
0: Yeah, and when you say that and it's not, it's, it, it's saying I was just with someone or I just answered this question versus you should do this, right? Yes. Right, and it, it, it brings them closer because it's not just me being, you know, just the, the just pushing a message. It's actually sharing a real life one, making it feel like you're closer and that the person has experience. Is that fair to say?
1: Yes, and, and someone just asked me, this is not the strongest way to start it. What would be, think about what just happened and what their dilemma was. So if you said, If you're selling a home, listen to this. I just had a woman walk in to look at a house and you want to know why she didn't buy it because of the kitchen. Let me tell you what was wrong with it. So you don't make this mistake. Now they're like, whoa, I got to know. Is that my, they're already asking themselves, does my kitchen have this? And now they're listening intently to hear the exact details. You've got them now. That's a hook that will keep them drawn into the story and wanting to watch until the end.
0: Again, yeah, about them, not just you preaching, right? And again, it's-
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: right. Love it. All of us could do
1: more of it. All of us could. In fact, I'm, I'm really working on my YouTube videos right now. I just messaged someone in the program today and I said, I want to put you in my YouTube video because I want to tell a story. I don't want to just say, here are five things to get more views. Even though I could say it that way and I could be in and out of my video in a minute, that's not fun. That's not entertaining. That doesn't let them see themselves- in the person that you helped. When they right. see themselves in the person that you helped, they want to buy from you. They want you because they see how you make people feel. They see how you get people results and get them their dream home and, and help them avoid mistakes.
0: I love that little nuance. So if you're listening, like replay that, what Virginia just said, <laughs> go back to that language. Cause it's so, just subtle tweaks can really make a huge difference is what you're saying. And then once you learn it, it's like you can't unlearn it. Once you get going on it, right? It's just, it's, I even tell my agents, there's only like 10 sellers objections we'll ever hear in your life. There's just 10, right? Learn them and then it just becomes like natural at that point.
1: But also as a woman who is the person who would be the one looking at the home and making the final decision, I'm not in the market to buy a home right now or sell a home. But if you showed me how to declutter a closet or if you showed me how to, get massive curb appeal during the fall on a $100 budget. Because you're you're talking to the people who are selling, but you're also talking to the current homeowners who are not selling, which means they're going to watch your reel. And if you continue to incorporate more of that type of content, they're going to come back. And if you also incorporate stories about people in your area, so we get to know the community, the business owners, the places to go. Now when it's time for me to move to, let's say, Nashville, I know my person because I've been following them for the last year because they've been giving me all these great tips on how to declutter and curb appeal. And I'm obsessed with Nashville. And you told me all about it. I remember you because you gave me all those stories and stories imprint on the brain. People remember stories. They don't remember flyby facts and tips.
0: Fair enough. So that creative process in itself, right, that you've basically mastered and you're getting, you've you gotten so good at documentation. And like you said, I have my tripod, I grab these moments. How does somebody who didn't come, who, who's currently just struggling with the creative process, start to turn into, into a, a, ver, a small version, 101 version of what you just shared so that they can get the juices flowing, capture properly. And just like you just said, there was no end of future content in that 15 seconds you just shared about what could be done with realtors because of all we have access to. How do you walk somebody through that getting going with the creative journey and knowing that this is that darn important? right?
1: You have to start planning your day. And I don't mean you're planning your day so that you're jam-packing it with video opportunities. I mean, you're looking at your day and you're saying, what am I doing today that has anything to do with realty real estate or or my location my area so maybe you're not working that day but you're going out to the farmer's market that morning okay that's video that's video of your if if that's the area where you sell in that's a perfect opportunity for you to get the video put it in stories to to showcase something that's a, a unique attraction in that area so that's one example or maybe you are meeting with a client and maybe they won't let you put them on camera, but you're listening for things. Because I take notes on every time I'm on a training or when I'm doing a strategy session, I'm taking notes using their exact words in my notes so that I can use that for future content. But even better, if, I, if they say something and I'm recording, then I can say, do you mind if I use that? So you, you have to start, get it, get it out of your head that you have to be in a certain office or a certain environment with certain lighting to get a video that's going to work for you and connect with your ideal person. You can be anywhere and tell a good story or document something and and give us a little glimpse into your day that was a, doesn't have to always be a story, but you can teach us something. Right. You can get us to to get to know you a little bit better and see what it is that you do and why you're so good at it.
0: What you hinted on there, I think is a bit of a, something that us as agents have to feel pretty grateful for. We're in a business where we're always in multiple locations, right? So that's like a godsend when it comes to creation, is that fair to say like what we have access to the fact that we're mobile and that's just what we're a part of gives us endless opportunities. And we're just not taking it for the most part. Right.
1: Yeah. One thing that I will say is I'll see realtors document things, but then they don't, they don't give us an idea of why we're supposed to care or they don't make it very clear Mm. why this is important to us. So it's not just about getting the video. Yes, you want the video, but you've got to have a purpose behind it. Is it because you want them to see a little bit more of the location or is it because you took your clients to a, one of your favorite restaurants because everybody I'm going to use Nashville as an example, everybody in Nashville should know where this restaurant is, but right. not only did you give us an idea of a great restaurant in Nashville, you showed us with your client, even if you're not giving us a tip, the fact that we can see you in action, see your customer care, that's the story without even telling it. So it's just, it's so important that we, and I see you're right. I am literally working out of my laundry room. That is where I work. So most of the time when I have video of people on camera with me, they're on a Zoom or they're on a live because I'm by myself with my washer and dryer. But if we get to see you out and about strolling or eating with somebody, it it lets us see you in a different light and not just talking to the camera. So you always have to be, pretend like you've got like a documentary documentary crew around you? What would they be filming if they were with you?
0: Right. And just find, find moments to capture parts of it. Right. Yeah. And maybe not all of it and you'll get better over time. Um, I mean, you mentioned something there about the client experience side of things, right. And, 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 and you mentioned not every, most people that are watching our stuff are not in the consideration phase of buying and selling. They're just our, our groups, they are our database, there are feel. And, and I do share so much that, The client retention, the client loyalty, and just that that client general, like who is Darren? Who is Virginia? We have to use it as a vessel, an incredible vessel with one to many, right? This one to many message, which we didn't have 10 years ago and 15 years ago to build a portray. And if you're not trying to grow, maybe, but you just want to maintain and, and, and put a lockdown around your clientele. I mean, there's probably no better way, right?
1: That's when the nurturing comes in. So you've got content that brings in traffic. You've got content that educates, establishes you as an authority. Then you want content that nurtures and connects with your existing audience. And there's some content that can do all of the above. But yes, nurturing them, letting them get to know you a little bit better with not random stories. Like I could tell you all kinds of stories, but I select intentional personal stories to tell people to hit them in a, in a way that not just connects with me, but gets them feeling inspired, motivated, or laughing because those feelings are what will get someone to take action in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So that agent that wants to get out and do it, what's, I mean, is it, is it, what are some of your favorite tools, whether I know you've shared a tripod or two over the years that you love. I've seen you post a few things. Are there some favorites that, that you know, because to be honest, agents have more money than they uh, than, than they think. And they spend little money on marketing for the most part. And they, they could invest in a few couple hundred dollars worth of stuff that could say, you know what, we've checked that box and I don't have to think about it again. I can just start creating what, anything that, that comes to mind.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, I've I love my, my phone. It's it, the name of the brand is UB size. So that's U B E E S I Z E. it's $29 and it's a selfie stick that can be transformed into a very, a very, uh, what's the word frail. It's, it's very skinny, but it's a tripod. Yeah. I can use it as a tripod, but I can put that in my handbag. I can put that in my car. No problem. I can keep it in my car. Yeah. And you don't, if you're outside, you don't need, A light, but you do need something that's going to allow even if I was just say I got this light right here. So this is not the one but it, it looks a lot like this I think it's in my closet. But even if I was wanting to get a video of me talking to someone I could just hold this up here. And now I could ever so now the the client might think it's a little weird that I'm holding a a selfie stick right like this, but I would say, and this is goes back to my journalist days. Hey, just ignore me. I'm just getting some video of us real quick. So I just make it like, it's not a big deal at all. And then I'm just twisting my hand. So it's going back and forth to whoever's talking at the time. That's one way to do it. Or I will use it as a selfie stick. If I want to be walking and talking, because just a little bit of action in a video is getting, is going to increase the chances of someone watching because you standing there and being a boring talking head, not doing anything is going to bore people and they're going to swipe. But if you're just walking and talking, now you could use your your hand, but I like selfie sticks because it gives me a little bit more distance. And now you can see my hand gestures and that's part of body language. This is stuff most people don't think about. They crop themselves so tightly that we don't see their hands. And that's part of your message. So that's another thing that I like. I like there's a phone mount that's in my car. $14. Now I have a link if you want to look at all these, because I don't remember the name of this one. It's a weird name. It's $14. And it's a phone mount that I put my phone on. And I don't, I don't drive and talk, but I will. The one where I gave you the example of, Hey, I just got out of the house. And now it yeah. gives you a sense of urgency that you just got in the car. Now you've got it in your windshield off to the side. So it doesn't obstruct your view, yeah. but You've got sunlight coming in, beautiful, that's the best light you can ask for. So that's an essential. And then the more expensive one, but you could find a cheaper version is my Rode Wireless Go microphone. So that is a lav mic, meaning it hits, you clip it to your lapel, and then it's got a little transmitter on it that hooks to your phone. So now I don't have to be tethered to my phone. And a lot of people think it's all about the video and they forget about the audio quality, but if we can't hear you, we're not watching. We're more tolerant of poor video quality than we are audio. So if you're in a noisy place or a real echoey room, that's going to distract your viewer. And it's also going to make you look less professional. So I am a big believer. in now in your car, you usually can get good audio without a microphone. But
0: yeah, those if, you're are gonna, my if, you're, if you're talking to yourself, like to, yesterday was my birthday. So I was on my front step and I just shot a kind of very personal message back. And then I did another one at the lake. And again, both resonated very well, but I was in a quiet spot. I didn't have all the fancy mic stuff that you just said. And I said, well, screw it, right? Put it out there and it works great. But if I was walking down a busy street, that's going to come across silly, right?
1: Yeah, the traffic noise is a big one. So if you don't have a microphone, make sure you're close. Because these microphones on our phones are pretty good. Make sure it's, it's close enough and that you're not around a bunch of loud kids or traffic and you're good preferably like on the grass, because that's going to limit the echo.
0: Oh, there you go. I've seen you do that a few times. So there you go. Hey, so a lot of creators and you've done this too, you're clipping things like quite often two to three seconds and you're boom, boom, new angles. Again, a lot of people who are just getting into video that seems overwhelming, but can you share how important that couple second transitions actually is to the retention of a viewer? So if somebody's like, ah, I guess I should learn some of this. And I will take the extra time just to hear it from someone like yourself that's seen the analytics about why it may be important to learn that skill set versus just straight up for 45 seconds.
1: Well, before I get into why it's important, let me make you all feel better about it. When you're not trying to go 45 seconds straight, remembering what you wanted to say, the pressure is off of you and you are not memorizing and looking like you're staring out into nothing because you're trying to remember your words. But if all you have to do is get on and record one sentence and then stop and then record another sentence and then stop. And I'm telling you, it's so easy to learn how to edit this. You throw all those clips in and the order that you want them in. And then you just trim off the part where you were pausing before you started talking. And then you trim off right when your mouth closed at the end of that sentence. And then you do the same thing on the next clip. And if all you do is turn from, from looking straight on at you now, and then I do my, I I turn to the left just so slightly, I've got a new angle. That's all I have to do is I stop that sentence. Now I'm going to do it over here. Or if you're doing something, I find that this is the way to look relatable. And you sound more conversational when you're doing something because you are doing something that you do every single day, like making a sandwich, like, filling up your car at the gas station, or I was cutting an onion the other day in a video. Now you're doing something which, which hold on. Now you're doing something which is very relatable because most of us have a car to fill up. We've cut onions. We put makeup on. And now you sound more natural because you don't feel like you're just having to focus on staring at the camera. And all I do is stop talking, turn off, you know, stop the record. Then I might pick up another step in my routine, turn it back on. And visually, for whatever reason, those get the best watch time because they're, even if they are distracted, maybe they're looking at you cutting the onion. And it gives them something to talk about too. So the other day I was giving video tips and I was, I was making what we call red deck caviar, which is a bean dip. And yeah. I got so many comments about them worrying. I was going to chop my finger off while I was talking to the camera with my knife, but that's engagement. That's right. So I love it, it. it's more fun than watching someone just sitting there talking.
0: Oh, I mean, I, I agree. and, and- the myth that you just busted there, right? That that they think everybody on camera has somehow crushed out a a two-minute speech that's perfect and was delivered like that. I I run a market update, a real estate one. It's reasonably good, but I break it all the time. And my agents, when they hear that for the first time, they're like, Darren, I thought you just spoke the whole time. And it's like, no, there's none of us that can do that, right? I even found myself looking at movies now and how much our favorite movie star is being cut almost sentence by sentence, it seems. So we don't have to feel that pressure, right?
1: Oh, it makes the editing so much easier too, because if you're recording like that, even on my YouTube videos, I don't like to go more than like a minute recording because I don't want to have to sift through all that. But if I know this is a good take and then, or if I messed up, I can either start over immediately in the same, while it's still rolling, or I can just stop it and start over again. Now I know that Anything that I put into my editor, and this applies to Reels too, anything that I put that I kept in the Reels app, if I'm recording in there, or if I kept in my video app, nothing goes in that I'm not going to use. That way, all I have to do is, like I said, trim off the beginning and the end and the pauses, and my video's done. Most of the time, I record and edit at the same time. Like, I'll record everything, and then I just throw it in there, I trim it off, and then maybe I'll add the text later, but at least I know that the time is there. Everything sounded and looked good. Now all I have to do is add the bells and whistles.
0: Are you still editing your own stuff right now?
1: Yes. I like yeah. to edit.
0: I mean, I mean I'm mean, i an engineer by trade. I've had to learn everything, including English, it seems, because we speak a different <laughs> language. Right. And, uh, and I do. I do, too. I have someone now doing some of my fun captions because I don't like that part of it. But you're at how many thousand followers right now, Virginia?
1: On Instagram, 185,000.
0: And still going through the edit process yourself. Didn't outsource this. Of course you could afford it's,
1: it. For me, it is so much faster to do it myself, In, right. including YouTube. I got rid of the agency that was doing my YouTubes because it was taking me so long to upload everything. Mm. And I knew what I wanted it to look like. And it wasn't, it was taking me too long to try and correct it. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it myself. But that's me. I'm a video coach. Sure. But we don't need fancy. We just need it to captivate and connect. It doesn't not everybody's style is going to work for your audience. I've tested them all. When I get too crazy fast with my edits, I lose I lose my audience because my audience doesn't want that. Now, they like the storytelling, but they don't need it to be flashy. And even when I do the the really short seven second videos. Now, the easiest one that everyone should do is the seven second video where it's just a video of you working and then you put a quote on it or you give them a tip. And when I say put a quote on it or a tip, you're literally just writing it out so that they're reading it and you can put some music to it. And now it's gonna take them longer than seven seconds to read it. So obviously your watch time is gonna be really good. I don't do that a lot. I might do it once a week or once every two weeks, but that's something that you can do when you don't have a lot of time. And it catches people because you're telling them something right away and it was helpful. So there's, there's little things that you can do that don't have to require so much time. But with that said, trends don't work for me. Trends don't work for a lot of people. People assume that that's what you have to do because they see all these reels and TikTok experts giving you the latest trending audio. Well, yeah, it works for them because they're playing off everybody's fear of not having views. But for most industries, they're not going to get a ton of views on every trend. And you lose that connection and that positioning you as an authority when we don't hear your real voice, when we don't hear your stories and your opinions, and we don't see you in your natural environment. That's who we're hiring. We're not hiring the cutesy girl doing the trend that blew up and got her 200,000 views, but no, no clients.
0: Every time I've done a trended, cute Relatable to my industry, it's always done worse than my true value-based content. And I'm like, I thought that was good. And it just bombed, right? And I'm like, and and, it versus what Darren normally does, right? Yes.
1: I will tell smaller accounts, play with the trends, like have it use a trending audio. You don't have to do the actual trend that goes with it, but you can use the trending audio. Do that once, assuming you're doing, let's say five reels a week, do that once or twice, but you want the majority of your content to be your voice, giving us something of value. That means educational, inspirational, motivational. And when you don't do that, people are less likely to remember you. I'm telling you, you could have a viral trend, but the chances of someone actually following you and definitely not buying from you from a trend that's not happening. You've got to mix in the sticky content that get, gets them coming back for more and gets them feeling like they know you.
0: Do you still see with all the changes with real just going all videos, reels now, right? Like all videos, real. And we're getting tools, real tools throughout the long form videos, which is fun. Do you see that, um, like it was all reels for a while, top of the funnel, get exposure, get exposure via reels? And then it was like, once they follow you, you get into more things like carousels and, and, and more longer form videos, and then you would nurture in the DMs. Do you find that that's still a bit of the method to the madness or has, it, has, has things changed or do you see it a different way?
1: Some accounts can grow on just carousels. It depends on what it is that they're doing you have to also be very minimal minimal with your carousels. You put too many words on there or you have a confusing hook, which would be your first slide and it's not gonna work for you. So carousels are not com- obsolete by any means right now, who knows what's coming. But if you're going to do that, I would also test you making a very simple graphic that has all the points on there and turning that into a reel. Now, I'm not saying all your reels should be that way, but we know that they prioritize that. So why would you set your post up for failure by making it a single image when you could at least get exposure, which is what that seven second video is of the quote, I just happen to put video behind it. Yeah. So that's why I would say, try it with the video first. Long form content, yes, on live videos, because if you do it right with the right people or by yourself, you can convert people on those lives. Fewer people will watch the replay, but anybody who watches a long video of yours, those are your diehards. Your diehards are the ones that go into your stories. Your diehards are the ones willing to watch a longer piece of content. Your diehards are the ones that are willing to get on your email list and willing to go to another platform to get more of your content. Those are the ones that are the closest to purchasing from you. So you don't want to neglect them. But we were talking about expectations earlier. If I know the expectations on Instagram is to watch a 15 to 30 second video, I am not going to expect my two minute preview to a YouTube video to do very well. So I might take a tip from that, like we talked about, and turn that into a reel, as in I would create something from scratch for the reel, but using the same tip. Then in the captions, I would ask them to go look at the rest of the video on YouTube because on, on YouTube, their expectations are to watch something longer. Everything's changing. The... What I see happening now on Instagram, because I've been on TikTok for so long and I saw it whenever it was so easy to go viral and it was so easy to get hundreds of thousands of followers over there. And now it's not because the way the algorithm is set up on TikTok is it doesn't really matter how many followers you have. All that matters is that your video clicks with the people that the algorithm chose to show it to the first time around. And if enough people watch it, they'll send it to more and so on. Doesn't matter how many followers you have. And that's happening on Instagram now. So all of our reach is down because they, and Adam said it, we're now favoring smaller accounts. Well, that's what they do on TikTok too. So we all think we need all these followers, but I have almost a million followers on TikTok. My views on TikTok, last week, my views were so bad. I felt like I was in TikTok jail. You just don't know what's going on over there. Now they're getting back up again. But my the amount of followers I have on there, I mean, yes, it might look impressive, But I'm not impressed because my views used to be so much better on there, but that's not how the algorithm works. And now that's what's happening on Instagram, which is why it's so important to have an email list. And it's important to consider a YouTube channel because you've got way more loyal subscribers over there on YouTube than you do on TikTok. And now it looks like Instagram. You just have less engagement these days.
0: So find a way to use the platform and pull them off platform to a list yeah. that you own. I follow Russell Brunson a lot and he speaks to that. And I mean, any any quick thoughts, if I just throw this at you from the real estate industry on how someone pulls somebody off platform and, and anything that come to mind, like that where, you know, there's free downloadables and there's, there's stuff, or how do you, I, I know you do it via courses. I wanted to bring that up to say, for those that are listening to us today, like, I would love you to share a little bit about the course offerings you have and the coaching too, but anything come to mind as to like, from the realtor perspective, how you would do that?
1: Well, you could have a newsletter, you could have a YouTube. And again, if you're, you're, you want your content to match the type of content that's over on these other platforms, because then it's an easy segue. So I've always used TikTok to funnel people to Instagram. I've never really sold on TikTok that much. Anyone who's bought from me, who found me on TikTok, they followed me over to Instagram. Then they also have the option to, they, I have a couple of freebies. They can get a free webinar. They can also go over to and get my free content on my podcast, free content on YouTube. So I don't, I don't see YouTube as something I'm trying to grow into this huge account and be a big famous YouTuber. I see it as another way for me to convert. And so if you know that you can get that's why I keep talking about take the same tip, but reformat it and create it so it's for reels, So it looks like it belongs there. Then tell them where they can get the rest of this. They're much more likely to go over there. And those are the people who are going to buy from you. But, yes, you have to be routinely telling them these things in the captions underneath your reels, reminding them in your stories, reminding them during your live videos. So that they know where they can find you and, and have it in your in your bio as well, so it's easy for them to find those links.
0: Fair enough. And re- and lives are still only being pushed basically to your follower account, right? And and or the collaborator's followers account. There's not much. Yeah, but much that, if you get the there.
1: right person to go live with, that's huge. Right. Because they're even if they're going live on your account, their followers are notified. So if their mm-hmm. followers are watching, those are eyeballs that may have never seen you before and maybe never would have seen you had you not done that.
0: Yeah. So get over yourself, go do it. Right. Especially locally for us as realtors. There's so many people we could go collab with business owners, politicians, local celebrities, you know, bloggers. There's so many people that could share a, a, another message about our local markets. That'd be so easy to get on, which is exactly who you want to have follow you. Right.
1: Well, and get on with your clients. I mean, I, that's what I do. I was just talking to two of the people in my program today because you have lifetime access to my program. So I get to know them. It's really fun. And so I tell them if we're going to do it live, it needs to benefit both of us. So how can we talk about video? And then in this case, one girl's makeup or video and personal training. And we come up with something that benefits both audiences that makes sense, that will grab their attention so that because too many, we, too often we go on with random people and think that that's good. Oh, check off the box. We went live, but you went live with someone who doesn't have your ideal person in their audience. That makes no sense. Or, or you didn't position yourself as the go-to person in your industry. That was a waste of time. So, mm-hmm. yes, you. All of the people in your in your industry and in your location or in your area help, are helpful, but the most powerful are your clients. Who can mm-hmm. you can really talk about what happened, what was the process like, what were the the, the struggles that you ran into and how'd you get over them? And then maybe they're in their dream home that you helped them purchase and they can talk about their favorite part. Maybe they're on the back deck and they're like, this is, this is what I wanted. I told you the most important thing for me was every morning waking up with my husband and the dog and having quiet time on the back deck. And this is where it is. That's a story. You gave that to her
0: totally and then her followers love on her already her friends they're not the the realtors spamming them these are real people that are just sharing their family and I love that it's a fantastic tip thank you for that I mean um we're getting long on time here and I know you're you've got things to do as well I'd love to you to share a little bit about what kind of course offerings you do have and how somebody could take what they've heard here and kind of carve it up a notch with you
1: Well, everything we talked about, I cover in this video school from coming up with who your ideal person is, their problems and their goals, creating a content plan, even on camera delivery. We talk about the must that you have to have if you want someone to connect with you and remember you. And then there's a whole module on Instagram and live video is another module too. And even promotions and sales and how to do that without feeling salesy and and pushing people away. And then I just added a YouTube module because it, The whole purpose of my course was I want to show you how I was able to build this business in less than a year and scale it just with video. And then I slowly added on platforms, but I don't want people to think they have to be on all the platforms. I call it, you have your king platform and then you let the other platforms funnel into it, which I described a little bit ago. And so I I help them decide what that king platform is going to be and then how we can use other platforms to funnel into it, which really could just be Instagram, YouTube. You don't have to have a lot, but you got to have at least two: a traffic driver and a converter.
0: Fair enough. I mean, all incredible tips. I got so many more questions I could hit you for an hour, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that for you. Anything while we're, you know, everything that I brought up today that maybe Or something that I didn't bring up that you typically like to cover when you're walking somebody through this and, 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 you know, everything about the real estate side, anything kind of like final parting words around this video creation that you could share?
1: Yes, you are not boring. You do have stories. You just don't know how to tell them when you can see yourself and your life and your expertise through the eyes of your ideal person you will see all the gyms that are all around you. I work out of a laundry room and I come up with content every day. We live out in a cornfield. I don't live in an exciting place, but I find little ways to make my videos look a little bit different, like chopping an onion in the kitchen or setting up my towel and putting sunscreen on by my pool. Like, I did, like just everyday human things. Because like I said, learning how not to be the news anchor was the hardest thing for me because that is not relatable. You are relatable. You just don't see it that way because you live your everyday life and you do the same thing every day. You don't think that's fascinating. We all think people are fascinating. This is why TikTok does so well when it comes to authenticity and people not feeling like they have to have the perfect house because people are just showing up as them. And that's what we crave. So when you can see yourself that way and you can see what resonates with your ideal person, you will never run out of content, never. You just have to do it. You have to start bad to get good. It's not comfortable for any of us. And we all start with zero followers. (laughs) But you can grow with video if you're consistent with it. And if you're ready to get uncomfortable and learn from your mistakes, because I'm learning every single day from mine.
0: Well, I mean, she, you said it best, right? You I mean, you you actually aren't scared to share like you're sharing all the mistakes constantly. if you follow if you follow Virginia, you'll see when she's done something, she's like, that didn't work, and you're gonna come right back to the world and you're sharing it to the world and 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 you're unapologetic with it, and you're the video coach, so it's you're almost supposed to be perfect, right? And yet you're like not scared to share any of that, which is what I love about you. I think it's probably a big part of why your growth because you've just been putting it out there, good, bad, ugly, and everything in between. And it must be a big part of why people are gravitating towards you and your brand.
1: Well, I thank you for saying that. There was a time on TikTok when I was going to throw in the, two times, I was going to throw in the towel. My videos were so cringy when I first started. I would have videos blow up into the millions. This is on my first account because they were so bad and the kids were so ruthless. To the point I took a two month break. So then I started my second TikTok account and I was talking on camera because I was doing trends and characters only over there. It was all fun. I didn't have a business. And then I started giving video tips on TikTok, but I was so worried I would look dumb again. And I went and I copied someone's video almost word for word. Now, I know a lot of people would say, but well, isn't that what it's all about? No, it's not. That's not the same as doing a trend. And I, she yeah. called me out on her TikTok account and she was a well-known person. And okay. it, it again drove me to consider quitting everything and then i and i remembered the time that i turned things around on that other account because i came back to that account after the kids were so mean and i got them to like me because i was like i'm gonna see this as a challenge that's when i started doing character videos and writing my own scripts and so i kind of made fun of myself and they were like oh she's kind of cool she can she gets the joke so i remembered that when i copied her and she called me out and i thought I'm going to do it again. I'm going to figure this out. I will never copy anyone else in my industry. And one day I will tell this story. And now I tell it all the time. But so many of us fall into that because it's just part of the video journey. We do what other people are doing, thinking that's what we should do. But at least it gets our feet wet. That's why I tell people trends are fine, but you got to take the trend training wheel off eventually if you want to grow.
0: Totally. I found every time I've done one of those where I've been disappointed with the results I've learned a new way to edit, or I've, like you said, layer the image over the caption or do the video behind the scene. And then I'm like, I didn't know how to do that before. But until yeah. you attempted to recreate it, you'd never probably try it, right? You never get that skill set. So, well, Virginia, you are such a wealth of knowledge, and the way you communicate, honestly, is so clear and easy to understand. That's what I think pulled me in right away. I know each time I'm watching your videos, I'm learning something new and I'm actually believing I can go and create it somehow too. Right. So thank you for how you deliver and just for being you and thank you for being on the reeducation experience podcast. So
1: this was so fun. I could talk about it all day with you. It was really (laughs) fun. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, amazing. Well, I look forward to connecting and keeping the relationship. So thank you so much. Thanks for all that listened for another hour. We're back with guests and I'm so excited. So until the next time, have a great day, everybody.